In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. All right, welcome in. This is In the Lab. Drew Doherty here. Happy that you're with us, and I appreciate it. It's good to be with you. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas belatedly, and let's get going. Before we do get going, though, please, will you follow the show on iTunes or subscribe to it wherever you are? Like, if you're on iTunes and you hear me say follow or subscribe, here's what you do. Scroll all the way down, looking at your phone, and up in the top right, you should see three dots. And to the left, it should say follow. So just to the left of those three dots on the right, just click follow, and your world will change dramatically, as Scotty Pippen once said. So please, follow, maybe give us five stars, like us. We'd really appreciate that. Comment about it. That means a lot if you could do that. But today on the show, John Harris and I are going to talk all about Kareem Jackson and what his return means, along with some memories, because he's kind of long in the tooth, that Kareem Jackson, and so are we. So we're happy that he's back. And what will he mean to this defense? So all the stories aside about the past, what's he actually going to do on this defense? We ponder that. Plus, we'll have a cream of the cropper for Monday after a Texans win, should they beat the Titans. And then I'm going to go one-on-one with Juice Scruggs, the offensive lineman for the Houston Texans, the rookie left guard. Had some fun things to say, had some fun things to discuss. So you won't want to miss that. But without further ado, here is John and I chit-chatting. Okay, John, let's talk. You doing okay? Yeah, let's talk. Let's go. Big week. Big, big week. Let's forget Christmas Eve. That was gross. Oh, yeah. Let's forget Christmas Eve football game that Correct. happened. Yeah. Christmas Eve and Christmas Day for both the Doherty's and the Harris's were very, very good. Fantastic. And yep. and you know what? Humankind, you could yeah. say. But let's, let's like delve into that. I was scheduling this well in advance, I scheduled this well in advance of the news that an old friend was returning to the Texans. And this is fun. We're going to talk a lot about Kareem Jackson today. Okay? Yeah. But before we do, okay. actually, while we do, we're going to go way back in time because my first year with the Texans was 2009. They yep. come very, very close to making the playoffs. They go 9-7, and seven, but they just miss out. So they had a pick in the late teens in the draft for the 2010 draft. So I went to Mobile, Alabama for the first time, looked at all the stuff going on in the senior bowl, learned a lot. The draft comes along. We're doing these mock draft surveys where people are doing, uh, calling their picks. No one, not one single person other than Spencer Tillman Hmm. predicted that the Texans would take Kareem Jackson. A lot of folks were thinking the Boise State corner, Kyle Wilson. Yeah. A lot of folks were saying one of the McCourty brothers. Correct. No one but Spencer, to give Spencer his due, called for Kareem Jackson, the Alabama corner. He comes, uh, he'd played in the title game. He'd played at a a, uh, military school before that, kind of as a prep school. He's a, a Georgia guy. But Kareem comes to town, and I met him at the airport. He had to fly Southwest because I can't remember where he was coming from. Meet him at the airport, comes into town, and then he has one of the awful rookie seasons along with most of the secondary there for the Houston Texans. That was just horrible, 2010. Say his name. Yes. Um, well, who? What? Siri. Said you Ajir Tutu. It yeah. felt like Amari Say Cooper. Say his name. I saw Amari Cooper. 10. I saw Amari Cooper on Sunday, and I said, who is this? Said you yeah. Tutu? Yeah. 
2010 was yeah. was that man's name. The Texans, the 2010 Texans had the worst pass defense since the AFL NFL merger, mm. statistically speaking. Right in 2010. Yeah, but then a lot of things change in 11. You get Wade Phillips in here. You bring Jonathan Joseph in here. You move Glover Quinn to safety. Yep. You get a better pass rush going. Connor Barwin comes back healthy. J.J. Watts solid as a rookie. Antonio Smith turns in a Pro Bowl season. You guys get rocking and rolling, and things get better. And Kareem Jackson steadily improves. But we go way back with this guy, and we're still going to get into more things. But, John, what's your first memory of Kareem Jackson? Boy. Because I'm sure you were breaking down stuff of what he'd done in, in college, right? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I watch him in college. I had him behind those guys you mentioned. I thought Kyle Wilson, McCourty. I thought Devin, um, who ended up having a long career at safety. And safety is a key word here because yeah. I feel like Kareem always got pulled back to play corner. All right, look, man, we we need some help at corner. Kareem, can you go play corner? Yep. And he'd just do it. He'd do it. It's and like the scene, it's Pacino in Godfather 3. Yeah, he just, thought I was about he just kept getting pulled back to mm -hmm. corner. And had he, had he gone to safety, I think, early in his career, let's say 14, 2014, when Bill O'Brien's staff takes over, if he goes to safety at that point, I think he ends up being one of the better safeties we've seen for the Texans. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously, we've seen how physical he is. Uh, you know, he suspended a, a few weeks in Denver because he, of just the hits he had. And before these suspensions, you've heard me say this a few different times over the years. I've said it multiple times. He's the hardest hitter yeah. in the franchise's history. Well, that leads me to that leads me to my my memory of him in some sense. We had gone to Denver, ironically, in 2018, and we had just traded for Demarius Thomas, and we're going back to Denver, and we've got a winning streak going. And Kareem was playing his best ball, I think, in 2018. I mean, he was all over the place, and he was playing at corner. So early in the game, Denver Broncos have a rookie running back by the name of Phil Lindsay. And Phil was a tough dude. We saw him here. I loved Philip. It just didn't work here in Houston. Mm -hmm. And I think he's now doing radio in Denver. Anyway. Pace Keenan is playing quarterback for the Broncos and throws a swing pass to Lindsay. And I'm telling you, it's not, he's not, Lindsay's not 10 yards from me on the sidelines. And before COVID, you could go all the way to the 35 and 35, the, the yellow line cutoff line. The, the bench was from 35, 35. Now it's moved out. It's like 25 to 25 mm -hmm. because they spread everybody out for COVID and they just left it like that. So, I was actually a little bit closer and that thing is not 10 yards away from me. And I could see the ball and I could see out of the corner of my, eye, uh Oh, somebody's coming and Kareem absolutely decapitated him. And it's one of the greatest legal hits I've ever seen. And I just remember the sideline came unglued. I came unglued. I loved seeing a hit like that. And it just really set the tone for, the Texans playing a particular way and style. And, you know, Kareem was a massively huge part of that. So I think the other thing that always stands out with Kareem was he wore 25, which I don't know if he'll wear, you know, he was wearing the Broncos 22. So I wonder if he'll wear 22 here because it's open. Um, but 24 and 25 went everywhere together. Wherever you saw J. Joe, you saw Kareem. Mm -hmm. Where you saw Kareem, you saw J. Joe. They were always talking ball. Uh, they were so great. And then when you got in a locker room, you know, K-Jack TV was some of the best content, uh, you know, this side of On the Nose with Sean Cody. I mean, Kareem just took it and ran with it uh, and had a blast. <laughs> and, and, 
and they just kept pushing the, the boundaries and he just did such a good job. So on the field, off the field, everything about Kareem, I'm just glad he can come back here. His wife is from Houston. Um, so getting back here, hopefully, you know, we'll see what happens with his career, but you know, if this is it, he gets to finish here at home and hopefully he can have some good memories. You know, look, Case Keenum had those good memories against the Titans and you know, hopefully Kareem can have a few of those memories uh, against the Titans and the Colts, a couple of division opponents as well. Okay. That's all the fun stuff from the past. And one more little thing to, to note, he's one interception behind Jonathan Joseph for the oh. franchise lead. I believe it's 19 to 18 or 18 to 17, but he's one behind right, him for right. that all time in career picks. He's also one behind him in pick sixes in his career, four to three. Ooh. So he conceivably with one play. With one play, he could tie him. Yep. With two, he could beat him. That'd be awesome. That but, would be awesome. But for that to happen, what is he actually? How how is he gonna be deployed? Is he I mean, is he gonna be active? Like I, I imagine he's gonna be active, but like where do you see Kareem Jackson currently as a player? Fitting in with this defense that's banged up, man, because we didn't even mention Jimmy Ward is done for the season. He's on injured reserve. Right. When he was in there, the defense was better, but he was hurt a lot this year. But Jimmy Ward is not going to play again this season. That's one of the reasons Kareem's here. I think so, so. How much does Kareem play and how effective do you think Kareem can be? I think he can still be very effective. And I think losing, you know, Jimmy and Kareem are similar. They both have corner back backgrounds. Yeah. They can play the nickel. They've got an edge. They they play with an edge. They're physically fearless, mm -hmm. absolutely fearless. So when you sit there and go, okay, we lost Jimmy. What's, I don't know if you want to say the next best or a basically carbon copy, well, it's Kareem Jackson. Now, Kareem's a little bit older than Jimmy is, yeah, um, older. but they play the game very, very similar. And I just... I just like the fact of having an enforcer in some way, shape, or form that's in the back that receivers have to think twice about. Because now receivers just run across the middle like, hey, no big deal. Um, but if you know, well, you can get popped. 22's back there. He's going to pop you. I mean, that just makes you think twice about some things. I think Kareem can still run. Um, I think, obviously, he can still be physical. I still think he's got the... He still got the physical skills to play the position. Yeah. And he's also along the way acquired the knowledge to be able to play the position with restraint. Mm -hmm. And that I think is, is key because I don't think the safeties right now are playing the game that way. I don't know that they're playing with that sort of physical restraint. It's a hundred miles an hour going to a certain spot. And it's like, Oh wait, and it's kind of that feeling. Yeah. And there you have to have trained eyes in the back in the in the back end. You have to have disciplined eyes in the back end and I don't think that's what they've had. Now, Joe Flacco dropped dimes. Like a, a great example of what I'm talking about is the very first play of the game. It's a two-man route, it's a max protect route. The Texans look to be in quarters. And so when you get a, essentially a vertical route that's essentially splitting your outside corner and your safety. The way you can play that is the safety will kind of come underneath that route and, and not trail, but get in the inside hip pocket of the receiver as he's running deep. And then the corner, what that does is it buys time for the corner to go over the top. So you kind of, you kind of squeeze and bracket the wide receiver 
And now you force the quarterback to throw into a teacup as opposed to throwing it to a spot and let his receiver go get it. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco threw it in the teacup. Yeah. And what, what can you do? Like, I, I've watched that play 10 times now on film, and I'm like, there's nothing really anybody could do. Um, you know, could, Think could about Steven the Nelson had been a little bit more over the top? Maybe. Could Jimmy have been a little bit close? Maybe. Um, Think about the fourth down pass at the very end. That, that basically ended any hope for the Texans. Yeah, right. I mean, Stingley's hand is just right. a fraction away from getting. I mean, that was a so, great pass. It was so good coverage. There are pass. there are plays like that where Sunday you got beat. There yeah. are also plays that you got beat because you weren't disciplined enough to play a coverage. Your eyes took you somewhere that they weren't supposed to. So you had opportunities that you could have taken away. You weren't going to take all of them away because right. that first throw, as I said, Joe Flacco just put it right in the money. Like you look at it and just go, you know, chalk it up to the game. What are mm-hmm. you going to do? I mean, Flacco just threw a perfect pass and it was perfect. But there were also opportunities, I think, in that back end, especially with safety, where disciplined eyes could have kept some big plays from happening. Mainly uh, the Amari Cooper long touchdown pass that made a 14 7. You know, that was a play that could have been stopped and should have been stopped. And D'Amico Ryan's talked about that. Um, and those are the things I think that Kareem can help with because he's played back there now for a few years. Yes, he is super physical, but he's also very smart. Um, always very in tune to passing games and passing schemes and route combinations, whether it was at corner nickel or safety. So how much he plays, I don't know. I think just how much he can learn about this defense in a short amount of time is going to help. But, you know, if you get some veteran ballers out there, you don't get Dez at the nickel and you get Kareem out there, you put him with, with Amos or with DHC, uh, with Petrie, however you mix it up. I just think Kareem is going to be able to help back there because of the intelligence. And then you throw in Dez and Dez King's intelligence, your football IQ, you put that together. That's going to help some of those young guys say, Hey, reminder, Hey, discipline eyes, make sure we know the coverage, know what we're doing. Let's communicate. I think Kareem's going to be a big help in all that. First week of the season, he had a pick and four tackles. Yep. Next week, he had two tackles. Now, I know tackles aren't the be-all, end-all stat, but just to give you an idea of how active he was, he had eight tackles, then eight tackles, then ten tackles, then a couple of games with five tackles, and the last yep. game he played, was he had nine tackles. But listen to this. So he played pretty much every week up to the 22nd of October. Then he gets one of those suspensions. Yep, yep right. Doesn't play again until... November 19th. So he, he has about a month off. I think that's the Vikings. Yeah, yeah he Vikings. came back and played the Vikings. That's yep. the last time he's played. Yeah. 11-19, so November 19th. So in theory, I mean, he's he's got a lot of a lot of tread on the tire or, or a lot of treads come off the tire so to speak right. because he's been around a long time in the NFL, but in theory he should also be feeling pretty good physically because he hasn't had to play in a while. He's played one game in the last 2 months. Yeah, absolutely. Now there might be a little bit of rust, but Given his knowledge, given his experience, that might bode well for him and have him really fresh for the two games. And I still think this is a playoff team, you know, for for uh, well, later in January. And you you bring up a great point, Drew. When you can sort of see the end in sight, okay, there's two games. Mm-hmm. There's something about that where, like, I mean, I'm gonna let it all hang out, man. I got two games. It's like and, Billy Chapel when he's pitching the perfect game at right. uh, Yankee Stadium. And you never know what what. It is for Kareem, whether he wants to continue playing after this year, how his body feels, all that kind of stuff. And so you go into it with a two-game season. Like, I got two weeks. I'm back in my building. 
mm-hmm. and just going to let loose. But there, there has to be a restraint with that. There has to be discipline with that. And I think Kareem's the type of guy that will, um, will play with that. And I'm, I'm excited to see what he's able to do for this team. Just e- even if Kareem doesn't play it down, even if he's inactive this week, he can help that secondary just talk them through the things they're seeing, mm-hmm. what to anticipate, receiver splits, you know, hey, you know, the Titans like to do this. Now, it will help the Texans played him just two weeks ago. Um, but Kareem has faced a Tim Kelly offense every single day in practice for like five years. Yeah. So there are going to be things that he, you know, sees that he's going to see and he's going to recognize um, that are going to help. So. I'm uh, just really excited about having him back in the building. I think he's a great spirit. He's a great Texan. Um, and I think this is where he needs to be. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. And, and if nothing else, it's going to be fun talking to him in the locker room. Cause you know, he's going to say something funny. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Who on Monday morning in 2024, January 1st, 2024, are we going to be saying this was my cream of the crop award winner? Who gets the cream of the crop? The cream of the crop. Thank you. Macho man, Randy Savage. Who's your choice, John? Hmm. I know this question's coming, and so I've gone back and forth. But I'm gonna, if the Texans walk out of there Sunday with the win, setting up a win and in playoff situation with the Annapolis Colts the following Sunday, mm-hmm. it is going to be five individuals. Mm. It's going to be Laramie Tunsil, Juice Scruggs, Michael Dieter, Shaq Mason, and whether it's George Fant or Charlie Hecker, right tackle. This game against the Titans comes down to how well they can protect. Hopefully, C.J. Stroud. Yeah. If C.J. is playing in this game, he cannot be touched. He cannot be touched. And one thing I noticed about the Cleveland Browns, the Browns are very worried about, especially early, the Texans pass rush. And for good reason. When John Grenard was on the field, he was only on the field for three plays, but the one play, he absolutely whipped, whipped the left tackle and was in the face of the quarterback, but he ended up not being able to stay on the field because he got rolled up on uh, by Derek Barnett coming from the other side. Barnett was making his case for getting to the quarterback, and he got knocked down. Anyways, the Browns were protecting and running two-man routes, three-man routes. They were protecting with seven. Hmm. So I don't care how you do it, but you got to protect C.J. Stroud every game, henceforth, but in particular coming off a concussion and missing two weeks. He's got to get comfortable. you got to get him comfortable. The Titans are probably going to send some heat to see if CJ is, you know, ready for it. But you've got to do everything possible to protect your franchise. Those five guys, whether it's Heck or Fant or both or whatever, however they do it, they have to make sure no one touches seven. No one. That's Perfect. my cream of the crop. Perfect choice. My cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. Is going to be a guy who we could probably give this award to or could have given this award to a couple of weeks ago for what he did in Tennessee, but let's do this again. Christian Harris. Yep. Good one. Nasty. Man, just nasty. Very early on, got right up in Derrick Henry's face and said and, and kind of helped set the tone, and I don't know what he was saying, but I imagine it was something along the lines of, you're not going to have a good day today, yep. and we're going to be on you all day long. But I bet it was more colorful coming from Christian, and you need him to be what he was that day. I think he's played really, really well since uh, – it's about what the second half of the season, John. I mean, yep. this is this has been fun to see Christian kind of blooming in this role because he's he's somebody you're gonna rely on for years years to come. He looked really really good yeah. that day in Tennessee, and you need him again this weekend because Derrick Henry 
it's it's on record. He does very, very well against uh, divisional opponents the second time around, especially now. We haven't held him under 200 yards at NRG Stadium yeah. since 2018. I know. I know. This was the first time. Well, when he's played. The uh, one year he didn't play. I think 2021 he didn't play. Correct. I think. But he had 1,018 yards in the five games combined the la- before last one. But, yeah, you got you to gotta bottle him up. Because he, he saw some stuff. Yep. And he's got pride. Yep. This is probably going to be the last game here as a Titan for him, the yep. way he was talking after the last game. So we'll see. But uh, you need Christian Harris. You need all those guys swarming. He's going to be the tip of that spear on Sunday. Well said. Tip of the spear. I like that. Thanks. Yeah, fun, fun word to use. Or fun, fun phrase to turn. Okay, John, it's always fun. Merry Christmas belated to you. Happy New Year as well. I'm going to see you in between now and then. Yeah, of course. You know, between you, me, and and uh, the guy or girl girl listening to this. Yeah. Hope you have a very happy New Year. Go Texans. Have fun tonight calling the game. You're going to do a great job. Thank you, you always man. do. You're going to be up in the booth. Don't be crazy. Yeah. See you in Oklahoma State. It's always nuts. Cecil Shorts the third will be down on the field in your spot with me doing the pregame and the halftime, but we'll keep the chair warm. I don't think he's going to wear his Buddy the Elf costume. Oh, that was today. so fire. Wasn't that that was great. so cool. Wasn't that great? The only thing would have been better is if you would have gone to Santa Claus. I had on a Santa Claus hat. Yeah, I know. I know. You didn't go all the way in. I though. can't go all the way in. I know. I, I, I get it. I get it. I'm going to wear my. You got work to do. You got work to do. I get I'm going to wear my leather. Um, blazer tonight so yep. my leather leather sport coat since this is the texas bowl there you go yeah break that out that's gonna be awesome awesome hey man always have fun doing this with you yeah man good time it's fun kareem jackson's back and we're talking playoffs for the texans cj stroud probably gonna play soon so yeah exciting times john all right fun talk with john now it's time to go to juice j to j juice scruggs rookie starting at left guard he was a starter at center in the preseason and then he got injured Jarrett Patterson took over, did a really nice job. But Juice is the guy over on the left side getting some valuable experience, and we don't talk about any of that. We get weird because he did a Drew's Dozen with me, and we covered some fun topics like this. Let's rank the five juices. Juice Scruggs, the movie Juice, the movie Beetlejuice, the song Gin and Juice, and Orange Juice. What do they rank? Of course, me, number one. Good. I'm going to have to go the movie with Tupac, the juice. Okay. I've never seen Beetlejuice, so that's a little bit, you know, before my time. <laughs> so I'm going to put that last, and then I'm going to do orange juice, and then gin and juice. Gin and juice after that. So you drank juice instead of milk as a baby. What was the juice you were drinking back then? Uh, any type of juice. Any type of juice. I was probably, knowing me, it was probably Hawaiian Punch oh. mainly. But, yeah, it was any juice, orange juice, apple juice, cranberry juice, whatever you think of. You got it. Fruit punch is the way to go. I'm I love you. It. You have three brothers. Yeah. How would they describe you, and how accurate is that actually? <laughs> so let's hear, what's the description, and then how, how true is that? So their description of me is probably a little different than what I would say, especially growing up. Right. The younger version, they'll probably say, cry baby, <laughs> annoying, all that, because I just wanted to be like them, always under their always under their wing and stuff. But now I think they'll say, decent young man, doing well for himself, and that they're proud of me. For I sure. got you. And how, so you're the youngest. Yeah. How, how much older are each of them from you? So my oldest brother is 10 years older than me. Yep. And then the other one is six, and then five. Okay, so you were so really I'm young. right there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were trying to catch up, man. <laughs> yeah. that, and that's a lot of catching up to do with yeah, that. Yeah, they didn't take it easy on me at all. <laughs> but you wouldn't have it any other way, I'll right? I'll tell you, it made me who I am today. I love sure. it. That's fantastic. Which animal, if it was going to be totally tame and you didn't have to worry about it going bananas <laughs> and killing like 80 people, 
Which animal would you choose as your pet? It's funny you said this because me and my girlfriend talked and I told her this and she looked at me crazy. I said I would love to have a tiger. Just a, like the uh, white tigers. Mm -hmm. Most beautiful thing ever, but I just don't want it to go crazy. Yeah, you know? like the Sacred but, and Roy tigers. Yeah, <laughs> but a tiger or a chimpanzee. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd yeah, be fun. Yeah. yeah. Chimpanzees, super strong. Super strong. Yep. And just obviously very smart. Yeah, very smart. And they're, they're like, they's so much like us. Mm -hmm. I think it would be cool just to have a monkey. I got you. So you don't have them as pets. Do you have any pets right now? I have a cat. Really? I have a cat. My girlfriend got a cat when we were in college. Uh huh. And he became my cat. <laughs> His name is uh, Ano. 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 It means delicious and Hawaiian. I okay. Think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not bad. Does Ano? Uh, does he kind of come around and, and snuggle up to you? Yeah, he's like a cat. Yeah. You know, a cats very distant. But right. like when he comes around, he definitely you know snugs, rubs up against you and stuff. <laughs> yeah. You ever gonna get a dog to go with the cat? Oh no, definitely. I yeah. want a pit bull. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to convince my girlfriend, but if not, I'll settle for a Frenchie. Frenchie, okay. Yeah, yeah you've got teammates who have both. They've sat in this chair and talked about theirs. Great dogs. Yeah, great yeah. dogs. Definitely. Okay. What was the favorite thing that you guys all did together, brother-wise, growing up? What would you love doing the most with them when you're a little guy? Probably playing video games or playing basketball outside because mm -hmm. we had like a hoop. Had like a raggedy hoop, and we had it on the street. Uh huh. And so we would just always be out there playing. If it wasn't football, it was basketball, baseball, kickball, like we played anything. Now I know you were a four-year letterman at Erie Cathedral Prep. Yep. Did you play any other sports in high school? Nah, so when just I got football. to high school, I just said football is the way to go. Which sport would you play as a professional if you weren't a pro football player? I want to say basketball because uh -huh. it's my first true love. Okay. But a six-six-three center. <laughs> not gonna do much. So I would say I would say baseball. Yeah. I wish I would have stuck with baseball. Probably could have been a decent first baseman. Yeah, is that what you played when you yeah, were? Yeah. yeah. All right. Did yeah. you hit lefty or? Right? I was a righty. Okay. I, was a righty. I got you. Yeah. Who's your favorite baseball player ever? Uh, it was David Ortiz growing up. Yeah. Big Poppy. Yes. Yeah. You know who else loves him? So you're the left guard. Right guard Shaq Mason. Big I'm, David Ortiz. He was a baseball. player. He was a player. monster. Uh huh. And I liked. Uh, I, I was a big fan of Barry Bonds. Okay. Because I used to play baseball when I was younger. My dad showed me like all his clips. Yeah. And he was impossible. He was an on-base machine. Cranking them out the park. Oh, yeah, all the time. You'd have a pretty good infield from the tech. It'd be you at first over on the hot corner. You'd have Shaq Mason. That's not bad. You'd have to get to a shortstop and a second baseman. <laughs> Let's say right now who you are, your strength, your speed, your smarts, all that stuff, you go put on the Erie Cathedral Prep uniform, and you line up with Erie Cathedral Prep. They've got a game tomorrow. What positions are you going to play? Because... You can play both sides of the ball. You play especially. And what's your stat line going to be? What what sort of shop are you going to oh, wreck? I'm, I'm, I'm toting the ball. I never. Good. I only had carried the ball once, and it was an interception. So I'm definitely running back. Just uh -huh. give me the ball. Probably going for 500. <laughs> <laughs> Eight touchdowns. They not break me down. Okay. You know, defense, just let me roam at middle linebacker. Okay. <laughs> what's the stat line going to be there? I might be a little tired, so uh -huh. defense, I'd probably say a little something like 10 tackles. Ten I might take some plays off on defense. Oh, I, I, I don't like to hear that. But you're going to get some sacks and mixed in with the tackles, right? No, for sure. Probably okay. like three, four sacks for sure. Now, see, I love it that you said, I'm going to tote the rock, because I've asked this of a bunch of your teammates, and they just kind of stick to their positions. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no. I'm running all over them, little kids. Good. You have the right mindset. Mm -hmm. You win. The, that was the correct answer. <laughs> Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to speak with animals. Ooh. Any animal too. 
I say animals. I say animals because <laughs> you always wonder, like, what are they thinking? Like, when they do stuff, I would, I would definitely like to talk to animals. Okay, you, you're going with the animals. Yeah. Okay. Going on a road trip, you got to go back to, uh, to Ohio, to Pennsylvania. You kind of grew, grew up right on the border there. Yep. You got three teammates that are on the road trip with you. You're driving from here to there. Who are the three teammates? I like to laugh. So I'm going, I'm going LT. Laramie Tunsil. <laughs> I'm going George Fant. George Fant, okay. And I'm going Shaq. Those Shaq. three together, funniest thing ever. Pretty funny stuff, huh? So yeah, I'm going number three. Give us a glimpse, because like, you're obviously seeing that in, in the O-lineman room. <laughs> what sort of stuff are they talking about? What's the funny stuff going on? Man, it's, it's any and everything you could think of. Uh, some things I probably can't talk of to. Of course, you know, yeah, yeah. But it's just anything, like any conversation is funny. And then when you hear LT laugh, everybody just starts cracking up. <laughs> That's funny. He doesn't he doesn't let that out too much and around us. When he yeah. does it, he, he, it's, it's hilarious. It's pretty disarming. Man. It's hilarious. All right. What's uh what's the snack? What are y'all what are y'all eating? What are y'all drinking on the road? So the guys they switch it up. So they like Popeyes. Okay. And then they like Shake Shack. Okay. Those All are right. the top two things. All right. Any sunflower seeds, beef jerky, anything like candy? Like, driving. Nah, I'm, I'm good. You're I'm good? good? Yeah, I'm yeah. not really a snack guy. you got to focus on the road. You yeah, can be a diligent yeah. driver, fair enough. Okay. Hey, it's Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. You got a favorite Christmas song or two? Favorite Christmas song? Probably just Jingle Bells, man. Yeah. Yeah. My mom would play just all Christmas playlists <laughs> and just let it ride. So how, how soon would she start playing that? Would she definitely? November. November? Okay. November, yeah. Before Thanksgiving, November? Yeah, before Thanksgiving. That's cool. I like uh, it. Everything up. Tree, everything up before in November. Really? Yeah. So she's she, prepared. She goes hard. She goes hard. What are you going to miss the most about being home for Christmas this year? It's been like that for a while now because you've yeah. been playing college ball, <laughs> but what do you miss the most about not being up there? Really just being around family. Because whenever me and my family get together, it's always, no matter, like, you're having a bad day or what, it's always a good time. Yeah. Jokes, laughs. So just being around them and really just missing home cooking, stuffing, mac and cheese, all that. All the good stuff. Yeah, huh? I just miss that for real. Well, Juice Grugs, Merry Christmas to you. Thanks so much for the time. This has been a Drew's Dozen. Yes, sir. Many thanks to Juice Scruggs. Many thanks to you. I appreciate you listening to this podcast because it would not be possible without you listening. And if you could do me a favor, I'd appreciate it if you go and follow this podcast on iTunes or subscribe wherever you're listening to your podcast. This is a lot of fun and we appreciate you checking it out. I know it says Texans All Access. This is Texans in the Lab. It falls under that umbrella and that umbrella is going to keep you dry when the snow and the rain are pounding down on you. I don't know what that means, but hey, let's have fun. Thank you for listening to In the Lab.